to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? I mean, I'm okay. Well, hold on. You went from <laughs> good to okay. I'm okay. All right. Just yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm just okay. okay. I'm okay, too. I'm fine. Uh, it's Tuesday, and um, let's do some dates real fast. Uh, this weekend, Wilmington, North Carolina, I'm doing the Dead Crow Comedy Club. Uh, Friday, Saturday, four shows. Uh, go to that. If you guys live there, please. Next week, I'll be in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Improv at Harrah's for ever. <laughs> for five days. Yikes. The second through the seventh. Uh, if you live out in Vegas, uh, some of you last time were out there. Thank you. Um, come back. Tell people. Bring other people. So on and so forth. Um, and hit me up with cool places to go to that aren't on the strip because I did a few last time and I need new stuff. It's a long gig. So February 18th through 21st, Chicago. I'm at the Chicago Improv. Um, can't wait for that. I'm going to eat so much deep dish. I might fucking die. Um, I think that's it right now. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, not doing stand-up, just working. But if there's anything epic in Atlanta, you I should see them there Tuesday through Saturday. Let me know. Yeah, museums. Yeah, something. And right. then I'll be at the store Saturday. Um, and Neil's show, obviously. Won't be there Sunday because I'm taking the night off. Oh. <laughs> no. Whoa. What? what the fuck? Rare night off for Kevin. Our shirts are coming soon. They are. Um, I will address them when I get back from Atlanta. Yeah. Those are on their way. Um, and we uh, we repped our own shirts last night. Yeah, that was real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just one of the dumb things. Um, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of dumb. But so we're we're doing this show called Coming to the Stage. It's a Hulu stand-up show. And then Kevin, you were like, we. Well, <laughs> I was like wearing occasionally awesome shirt. Or you're not a team, or you're not player. A team player. And then I was like, no. And then I'm like, actually, why not? Yeah, it's who cares. And then we both wore the same one. So, yeah. And we're on the same episode, same season. It'll be yeah. cut in a different I way. hope it's the same episode. That would be great. Cause That'd we, be ideal. Because we wore our, the black ones with yeah. the, you know, the, ho- the horse on them. And then we both had black flannel shirts on. Right. So our agent was there, and she comes up afterwards. And I was like, hey, good to see you. She's like, yeah, great. You guys did great. And she's like... So what's with the shirts? <laughs> and I was like, well, we just had a stupid idea. She's I had like, it easy because I went first, but I considered Bailey. If I'd have been after you, there's a good chance I would have pushed out. It would have been even funnier. <laughs> so what's with the... All right. Yeah. Um, okay, that's it. Yeah. So that'll come out uh, soon. We'll tell you about it when it does. Okay. Uh, let's get into this very exciting episode that we have. Um, we both like rock and roll. Yep. We're both very into music. We've talked about it extensively on this podcast. Um, and through a friend, I met, uh, a new friend who is an awesome rock and roll photographer. I mean, uh, many different kinds of photographer, entertainment, fashion, music, um, you kind of name it. He's done it and he's been doing it for over 30 years. Uh, he just, <laughs> he just wins. He just goes, Oh God. You get, when some people say how long you've been doing something, sometimes as a man, you get a pain in your yeah. side. <laughs> um, our guest today is, is yeah. the, the very talented Chris Cafaro, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, they're applauding at home right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. In, in their yeah. offices and their gyms exactly. <laughs> or they're listening. Or they're saying who? Uh, right. Uh, well, if you are saying who, you want to go to cafarophoto.com, C-U-F-F-A-R-O photo.com, and you can see uh, pretty much everything you've done on that site. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the stuff. So there's obviously, you know, your bio section and your portfolios, which is where you want to start. And I mean, there's a lot you've done. 
a lot of really impressive work over the years. Thank you. Um, well, I've been shooting in Los Angeles for 35 years, but I've been shooting for 45 years total. Wow. Did yeah. you go to school for photography? Or did you pick it up? Junior high. Junior high. Wow. Basically, I started taking pictures when I was 10. Damn. And then I went to junior high, seventh grade, Mr. Kitajima, <laughs> fell in love with photography right then and there. I knew I was going to do it for the rest of my life. Had business cards by the time I was 12. Had clients. Yeah. Started well, shooting by the time models you were at 12. 12? What? Yeah, I was chasing Damn. girls at 12. What? I mean, you turn that into a career. Having real a camera. Quick. Most people take <laughs> having a camera. Years. Yeah. How can I make money off this? Stop getting laid. <laughs> Every photographer knows that having a camera, can, you can get girls uh, oh, yeah. respond to a camera very well it's great. <laughs> well this i have a story for everything basically but my story is ultimately and you know the things i can get a girl to do with a camera in my hand they won't do without a camera in my hand so yeah. i've always jokingly called my camera excalibur it's like the <laughs> p- power of the sword the yeah. lady of the lake rose and yeah hands the camera then but I have had moments where I've asked a girl, like, you know, can you do this for me without the camera? Just just to see what it's like without the camera. <laughs> yeah. And they do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do it. Was it what initially do you think made you become so obsessed with it? Was it like using the camera? Was it like realizing what a camera could do and what you could do with it? Or was it like you saw photography or someone's photography and was like, holy shit, I want to do that? Combination of all of the above. It's right. weird. When I was a younger, before photography came into my life, which was my grandfather was a police detective in the 40s in the Bay Area. Oh, wow. And he used to show me these photos of crime scenes. Yeah. Like dead bodies. Like literally suicides and murders and things like that. So I always was fascinated with pictures and imagery to begin with. So then I got into photography. And I think for me, I just, I think it was the first time I went into a dark room and saw the pictures being developed like a lot of photographers and just went, this is cool. And yeah. Then, then I started looking at Playboy at around 10, 11 years old. Went, this is even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> started subscribing by the time I was 12. Right. And just was like, this is what I want to do. But then I started, I, got, I was also into music at the time. So seeing music. Now, where you know, did you? Going to my first concerts was like, I think, I think I took pictures at my third concert. And that was like, wow. Where did you grow up? Uh, San Jose, California. San Jose. Okay. So what was like the music scene like there? Did all the big bands come through? Were there like a lot of cool venues and theaters and stuff? And- well, I'm lucky. I have, I have a brother who's 10 years older than me. So generational wise. So let's take, I would say like, let's take 1965. Mm-hmm. So I'm five and he's 15. 15. So my brother went to Altamont, was at Monterey Pop. Wow. Saw everybody who was anybody, Hendrix, The Doors. Yeah. And he was our whole family was really into music. Nobody played it, but was really into it. And he was obsessed with everything. The Beatles took me to see Hard Day's Night when I was little. Damn, all Jesus. this stuff. So, so he was into the Beatles and the Beach Boys, and then my sister was into the California sound. Growing up in the you know in the seventies, it was all about Jackson Brown and the Ronstadt Eagles. Yeah, and then I grew up on the funk. I hit. I was always oh. into the funk. By the time I got to high school, it was all about the funk. So. Being in the Bay Area, it was about Tower of Power, Grand Central Station, yeah, Confunction, yeah. Rufus and Chaka Khan, the Blackbirds. I saw Donna Summer, Earth, Wind and Fire, Commodores. Wow, damn. So, Did you ever see Funkadelic? Yes, Parliament, par, uh, Funk in Heaven in 1977 World Tour, The Landing of the Mothership. Wow. <laughs> Oakland Coliseum. One of my favorite album covers is Maggot Brain. <laughs> That's a great That's cover. a great one. Totally. But I grew up with all that music. For my brothers above me, because I was the youngest of four, so all that kind of music, and then I had all just all kinds of music around. Did you? Uh, I want to ask: Were you in school like decent at like math and stuff? Sucked. 
because I I bought like at one point I love photography and at one point I bought like a camera off someone I knew who needed money and in my head it was like a fancy one because I had like a big lens and I was like this guy, it came with an extra well, lens I was like it's a Canon and an extra lens I was like shit you know what they say about a camera yeah, no, with a big lens it, bigger lens <laughs> and I paid like five hundred bucks for it or something but like I just couldn't the technical side of it yeah. i just don't i don't know i don't have a head for it i couldn't master it so my pictures came they just didn't come out how i wanted them to right. and it slowly just turned me off from shooting them and so i because i just wasn't good at it it to me good photographers similar to like a, a a director of photography right it is of two sides of the brain it's mm. not it's not ju- it's not like uh it's not like other art forms there is like a really technical side to it that matters to ki- for you to i think execute what you want you know i call it the balance there's a balance and there's i've had this from my whole career there's a balance of being technical and the being creative and artistic and they take it takes work like i my oldest brother was the artistic one in the family could draw anything right do create you know he's just amazing i had to work at being creative i didn't it wasn't a natural thing for me and i had to work at the technical side of it as well it's like the same in la if you ever work with you know, you know the art center in Pasadena? Yeah, that's where I went to art school. Did you? Yeah, I was an illustrator. Okay, yeah. so all my assistants that came out of the art center... Super technical. No, creative oh, as really? fuck. Oh, really? Like crazy creative. Didn't know technical stuff. It's the kids that came from Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara okay. that were like the technical nutcases. Right. <laughs> so they'd be all like, you know, if you go a third stop here and it's half a stop here and did yeah. the light bulbs speculate and did it. I'm like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like, Dude. So I, it's that, I'm always said I have the best of both. Like, and, and again, after 45 years, I always tell people I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. I just shoot. I remember while well, I was at Art Center to make extra money uh one point this uh there was the photographer named paul jasmine my hero the best he's the best person Legend. ever but he would like did he you take sh- his class no 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 he i i used to model for his class because <laughs> they paid you 35 dollars <laughs> to just be there you all you do is go there and hang out and but you were available to any of the photo students no. yeah and then he asked me he shot me for this met for a magazine thing where they used art center students but he would just he he would sit there on the ground and someone would just hand him a camera. He'd empty the roll. He didn't even. He would just kind of look at it, but he, and and then and so while someone was fucking with the camera, he'd be like, "These are great. You look great." <laughs> like, and then some guy That's would just so Paul. hand him the thing, and he'd be like, "Then he kept. It was so great. He kept calling the one of the women in it a hot. He's like, she's a hot tomato, right? A hot tomato. <laughs> and he was like that. He's like, okay. you look great. You look I really great. I met Paul when I first moved to L.A. I met Paul when I first moved to L.A. I worked. Yeah. At, I worked at a black and white dark room off of Melrose and Lebr- on Highland. Sammy's Photo Impact. Okay. And he used to come in there, uh, like all the top photographers at the time were coming in there. It was him and. Like Herbert started there, started coming there. Right. And Matthew Ralston started working from there, and Greg Gor- Greg Gorman's studio was above us. I Paul- used I've been in Greg Gorman's studio, the old one on Beverly. Was oh yeah, Beverly? that yeah. one. That was, that's I'm talking way old. Oh, well, before he that, used okay. had one on. It was on Citrus and Melrose. It was above us. Okay, he introduced me to like Sylvester Stallone and Dave yeah. and everybody he was shooting wow. everybody. So Paul, though, through the years, was just like. We always thought of Paul, and to this day, the, the nicest guy you yeah. ever meet. And I used to always say to people, like, if I'm going to be a photographer, I want to be like Paul. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be an asshole like the other guys. I want to be like Paul and be the nice guy. And he was just, he would always shoot the shit with me. And then years later, I, was do, I would do lectures at the art center for another friend of mine who taught there, a woman named Melanie Penny. Okay. I don't know if you know her. She was a teacher there for many years until she passed away. 
And I used to do all her classes, and I would do lectures and scare the fuck out of the students. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing to do because they all everybody graduates are thinking they're going to go shoot for Vogue. How and, would yeah, you make scare, millions of dollars? How would you scare them? You're like, I it's a just, long, hard road full I would of tell poverty. Them it's and, fucked and, up. You're not going to make any money. And <laughs> it sucks. And, You're going to be my assistant. You should have years. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. should have went to assistant school and not yeah. photography school. You wa- yeah. your parents wasted their money. <laughs> Well, photo, then, I just remember I dated a photo major, and the uh, money they were spending, yeah. dwar- it dwarfed the money, I mean, just yeah. in supplies. Yeah. yeah, Supplies cost me two grand at a term, which was a fortune then, yeah. and they were like, two grand? Are you insane? Yeah. Like, this the money like, they what, had triple? to... It was at least triple. The money Jeez. they were coming up with was insanity. Yeah, because you know back then too it was all film and processing. Yeah, and, yeah, and cameras. Now and they just give you like an iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's your iPhone. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you already have one. Well, then your fees are zero. Yeah. Exactly. That kid's got the big I'm, iPhone. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of like schools for photography in general. I, I get it, and I know I have certain people, and I have assistants and techs who do right. it. For me, it wasn't the path. I was t- I learned everything I needed to learn in seventh grade, eighth grade, maybe in a mm-hmm. high school. In high school, I taught the photography class because I knew more than the teacher. <laughs> so for four years, I taught the class and just told everybody what to do and how to do it. Did you ever assist for somebody? Not really. Oh wow! I, I didn't know you could. I, oh wow! I, I can't. I worked in the dark room for two and a half years here in L.A. and then one day just said, "I'm going to go be a photographer." And my boss is like, "Okay, good luck with that," and kind of sarcastically, and huh. then. I didn't know, and I just lived off of credit cards for like six years. Yeah, wow. and paid for every shit because I had to do everything for free because nobody was going to hire me. They didn't know who I was. Yeah, so I lived off of credit cards and then so accumulated s- a massive debt, yeah. <laughs> filed bankruptcy. Well, that's exactly like going to art school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same wow. thing. Did you? I mean, when you started, when you quit the dark room and you were like, "I'm going to do this," did you just shoot like you know actors and, and things like that just yeah. to get to to know people? And then I got my first kind of break in the music world was. Um, I knew this Playboy playmate. Her name was Karen, and she was dating. You guys, see if you guys know this. Mm-hmm. She was dating Keith Forsey. I don't know. You that guys are looking at me. Who? Yeah. Well, Keith was uh-huh. Giorgio Moroder's oh. kind of protege. Cool. Keith produced and the soundtrack to Breakfast Club. Wow. Simple right. Minds, and he also produced Billy Idol. Oh, so time. he worked for Marauder. Yeah, he was kind of like his protege. That guy like invented synth. <laughs> exactly. <pretty much. laughs> he did for you. I'm like that. So. I said to her, can I take pictures of Keith Forsey? And she says, I'll ask him. And they were dating, living up the hills. She said, yes. I went up, took some pictures of him. And I made a little promo card and I sent it out to all the magazines. Heard back from nobody. <laughs> right. A month later, I got a call from Musician Magazine in Boston. And they just said, hey, we got to shoot for you. And I said, who? And they said, Joe Zawinul from Weather Report. And I said, fuck, yeah. <laughs> and I, it was my first job. And then that creative director who's my friend to this day just made me the west coast photographer and gave me everything on the west coast and oh, that wow. opened all the music wow. that opened me to the whole music world then that led me to shooting drumming for drum companies shot a shitload of drum company stuff so how did you shoot the vision skateboard thing how did that come about because uh, then you're when i'm looking through i like zero i'm a big skate nerd and so i was like my, so is my dp ted he's a yeah. big skating guy a lot of people i meet are skate guys that was weird i got asked just to, uh, that was in 1988 yeah somewhere around there i didn't i grew up on skateboards in a sense i'm a lot older didn't grow up on all that crazy stuff that, that you guys did but like i liked it and stuff but i got some guy asked me hey you need to take some skateboarders at the time i didn't know who christian hasoy was yeah i didn't know who tony hawk was i didn't know who any of those guys were yeah and i was just all like cool and they we spent the whole day shooting pictures and then we went to venice beach and took pictures of them skating around and i was yeah. like whatever and then you know kind of forgot about it and then i think it was uh, a friend of mine 
who someday mentioned Tony Hawk, and I said, "Oh yeah, I shot Tony Hawk." Well, it's and interesting. They're like, oh my god! Well, yeah. the, the group of guys you skated is inadvertently like there's. You have ones in jail for murder, right? And then you have Christian Soy who was in jail sure. for meth, and then now is out and kind of read. Which his, one's dead? Stop. Uh, Stop. No. Well, or Phillips. Phillips is dead. Dead. This is actually the anniversary of his death just happened, but he yeah, okay. he died. He killed himself, right? And so then you have Soy. Stop is still alive and super weird and still does stuff and skates. Okay. And then Rob Roskop, I think, was one of them. No. Who's the blonde haired guy? Uh, Chris Miller. Oh, Chris Miller. Chris Miller. It's really interesting. He now is having this weird career resurgence where he's on this new cool company because he's still really good, even though he's like forty-five years old. Yeah, wasn't he doing like an announcer and stuff for skate? Yeah, he would announce like X Game stuff and do. But he's really still good at skating pools. He wins like every every like a like veteran contest or whatever. He wins almost all of them, and he's having like this cool career resurgence, and everyone thinks he's cool. It's awesome. It's really awesome. I, when you shot those guys in uh, in Venice, would you have to like break in a lot of backyards and like? No, we just pools? went to like Venice Beach, and it was weird because I'm not. A, I would never insult some real skate photographer because I respect those guys. I respect the especially the surf photographers are my heroes. But like, I would just be like, I'm out shooting skateboarders doing skate tricks. I don't know how to do this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna fake it. Like, like, I don't know what to look for. Like, what's yeah. what trick yeah, is this? Yeah, you know, yeah. And just hey, sit down next to the wall and let's have <laughs> you skate. And I was approaching it like whatever I could get. But like, they needed a real skate photographer. Uh-huh. I not and I wouldn't like I said I, that wasn't my thing. Could I do it? Yeah, I could fake it and I can get some pretty good shots. But I'm not like some of those guys because like through the years shooting lots of concerts, I would meet skate photographers. There's this guy, I'm sh- maybe you know, out of San Diego. I think is. He went by the name O. Oh, yeah. Super famous skate photographer. Yeah. And yeah. I would see him at concerts and we'd always talk and I'd be like, dude, you're the man. Like, you're the skate dude. And he's like, what? like you're the man. You're the music guy. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'd rather be doing what you're doing. He's like, I'd rather be doing you. So funny. he was like, I would talk. To, I would like, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm even close to what he would do. I, I don't know how. I've never. I'm not too keen on what the process of being a good skate photographer is or uh, the surf thing is completely different because you're like you're fucking in the surf like right. it's crazy yeah. I just think it's just and now I could do it easily because of technology but you gotta understand back then too you know it was film and pro- you had to focus first yeah. of all yeah. like you just didn't point and shoot and you know and with a GoPro and get a bunch yeah. of stuff like yeah. how easy is that you had to focus and if the guy's doing a trick you had to time it right and so on and so forth do you find that like uh in shooting music stuff, do you like concert more or like stage stuff, like portrait stuff with musicians? I'd rather spend one-on-one with somebody in a studio or a location. I shot a shitload of shows. From my first one I shot was in 76. I shot Stanley Clark, my favorite bass player. Um, but like I documented Jane's Addiction for two years mm-hmm. from like eight, from into 89 to into 92 during Ritual album. And like I, yeah. my fantasy was like I just want to follow this band around. Yeah, and getting, you know they and I did. They let me go wherever I wanted to do. I got to, instead of getting kicked out after three songs, I got to stay. I got to shoot backstage. That's usually the rule, right? After yeah, like the after, first two or three, three to like get out. Oh, really? I didn't know in that. The photo pit. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Because they don't want the photographers to get in the way. Okay. Of, and then as well as was like oh. Uh, kind of in a way, especially if there's a pit and people are flying around, security didn't want to have to deal with it. It's just flashing bulbs oh. for like, you know. Not even okay. that. It's just that it just gets in the way of the security. But I'd always get to stay. Only a handful of times I got beaten up by some security guy. But. <laughs> right. So what is documenting a band? Like when, because I've always heard that with like writers and photographers, they go, oh, I followed the band around or I was like, you know, embedded yeah. for like a year. Like does that, and I'm sure it's per band, but what kind of access 
do they give you? Are they like you're on the tour bus with us and you're like in our private moments and concerts? It, and it depended on what it was. Like some bands would hire you straight up. Oh, come like Queensryche hired me once. Come to just shoot one show in Cleveland, and uh-huh. you go there and you shoot the show, and that's that. And you're you know hang out backstage, or whatever. But then, but but for Jane's Addiction because they were like my favorite band when I first time I saw them was in '88, I think. The, 80, yeah, 88. Uh-huh. I just went, oh my God, these guys are God. They changed my life. And yeah. then I was like, oh my God, you know, f- fuck Genesis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Phil who? <Hooch>. Genesis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw these freaks on stage and I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is amazing. There are two life choices. Genesis or <laughs> <Yeah>. Jane's Addiction. <laughs> You're one or the other. With us or against us. Yeah. Heaven or hell. Pretty Pick much. a team. <laughs> Pretty much. And so I turned around and I just wanted to shoot. I had that, always had the fantasies since I was a kid to document a band and just have that kind of access the manager at the time they went through a couple managers by the time i really kind of got to them and then the manager this wonderful man ted i said to him look i want to take pictures of everything i can get to and he's like we won't pay you but we will give you access and i went that's pl- fine right. so i was just like they're played in san diego i'd drive down to san diego they would play in atlanta i'd fly myself to atlanta they played the first band to have playing madison square garden with a mosh pit flew myself to new york <laughs> wow. you know like la Irvine, wherever i could go hawaii the last shows they called the last show in hawaii in 91 flew myself to hawaii to see that last show because perry played the whole show naked and Damn. you know like just wherever i could go i always look back now and still my same old curse i have is that i whatever it takes to get the image i'll do whatever it takes i'm a horrible businessman i'd, I'd rather have the experiences you know, looking back on it now, I always say, like, at least I, I mean, I may don't have the money in a sense that I should have, but God, I got the images that nobody else got. Yeah. yeah. Because everybody else was getting kicked out after three songs and the show didn't get good till after song four. Yeah. So when when you are that when you have that kind of access with a band, I would imagine you are privy to some things that the band probably doesn't want photographed. Yeah. Is that the kind of thing where you photograph it anyways or is it? You use your discretion, and in the moment, you're like, you know, I bet you he doesn't want me to see that, or they don't want me to see that, and the manager certainly doesn't, and you almost, like, you're having to micromanage your future relationship with these people while you're kind of there. You're right, and my whole thing was, I just never wanted to lose the trust, and an artist should trust that I know what's right, what's wrong. Now, do I have pictures of people doing stupid things? Yeah. Would anybody ever see them? No. Right. But I was. I saw lots of crazy shit going on. Yeah. A lot of drug use. That's for sure. So you got Yeah. You got to imagine if a bunch of musicians are like doing coke off a table or something in a green coke. room. Coke. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just start. Just there. so you know, Jane wasn't addicted to coke. <laughs> <so> much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if they're looking around the room, like the last thing they probably want to see is a photographer with the camera up. And if they look and go, they don't see that. They go, all right, that guy's cool. Yeah, if they he see gets you it. kind of pull up in that moment, they're like, oh, well, guess first, who gets it? Yeah, and first of yeah. all, too, those ca- cameras back then, the camera I used was a Nikon F2 with a motor drive. So it was awfully loud. So you couldn't even sneak <laughs> to take the picture. Yeah. Click, yeah. click. And Did someone like, just start a car in here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So I, you know, I was, but I just, I, I don't know. And, and I always tell people I was such a codependent back then. Like I wanted everybody to like me. So yeah. I didn't want to do anything to piss anybody off. So I just respected everybody. And if I did something afterwards and I wasn't sure about it, I would ask, hey, did you want, no, don't worry about it. You know, so yeah. I, I just didn't want. I watched something on VH1 about a photographer and they were talking. And I guess he did it. Similarly, he f- was with Sheryl Crow forever. And she was like, yeah, he's a good hang. Yeah. Like, I think they realized, like, we have to be photographed. So. 
it's just about finding people that like, no, that person, I like having them around and they're mellow and like they get cool. They make us look cool. Yeah. Like Exactly. I've worked with bands a little bit just as an illustrator. And what I've noticed is they're really, they're like anybody else a lot of the time and they're mellow and they're cool, but they're so worried about not looking cool. Right. That when it comes time, like it'll seem really cool and friendly and mellow. And then when it comes time to like pick the image or pick the thing, everyone freaks out last yeah. minute. Because they get really worried about not looking cool, right? Because yeah. that's in their currency a lot of the time. That's how because one say, photo Mike, could undo. Like you cultivate this image well, for years, and then one photo where they like aren't dressed cool and they look one? sad. You know, no, no, I'm a but happy that's rocker. My point to everybody all the time is like my job, my whole career has been is to make the guys look hot for the girls, right? Yeah. And the girls look hot for the guys, right? So everybody's that, fucking and nobody realizes it's because of me. Remember that video? <laughs> there You're the ultimate wingman. But the only exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the one band that you didn't have to worry about looking cool, the Chili Peppers. Easiest band in the world to shoot because they didn't give a fuck how they looked. Right. Whether they were naked right. or doing stupid things, the only time they ever went. That's a crazy idea. Was when I asked them to get all get in bed together. They're like, "Oh, it's a little too gay." <laughs> right. And I was like, "Come on, guys, we're going to keep our clothes on." I said, "All oh, right, fine." Keep yeah, because like eight years later, where the opening of that one video is just them making out. We're like, "Guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. you should have done this ten years ago. It made a lot more money." Yeah. I always right. tell that if you want to hear a funny story about shooting the Chili Peppers, I got a million stories. <laughs> and my favorite story though is I, I was shooting them for a, a magazine called Detour over on Highland Boulevard, like mm-hmm. Highland and Willoughby, this crappy studio that had no air conditioning. And it was like 100 degrees inside the studio. We were just all dying, bitching and complaining. And my writer, best friend, who's now an agent at CAA, was wearing this cute little sundress. And Anthony goes up to her and says, I'll give you 50 bucks for the dress. <laughs> so she's like, sure. And we were all broke. So $50 is $50. Yeah. So it gives her the $50. She takes the dress off, wraps the towel around herself, and he goes out wearing the dress. Next thing I know, I got a tap on my shoulder and goes, can I wear this? And it's Flea. And I turn around and he's naked. He's just standing there butt naked. I go, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. And I'm waiting for Chad and John to come out. I'm like, what's that going to be all about? And of course, thank God they came out clothed. And yeah. they're like, all right, guys, and action. You know, like, <laughs> let's go get him. And, and Flea's jumping up and down naked. I'm going, this is just wow. weird. I, don't, I was like, I don't do these kind of pictures anymore. But it's just so, I always, and I'm not sure if it's the, the name, I think it's Billy Squire had a video. Was it, he had that song, Take Me In Your Arms. Take me in your arms. And he's, I think it's Billy Squire. But like up until that point, he was huge. And then the video, he looked so weird. He was like flopping around the room the whole time. Yeah. It literally killed his career. Yeah. Because he was like, no, this will be great. And he's wearing a pastel tank top and like white jeans. And he's just running around the room dancing. And at one point, he's like flopping up and down the bed. And literally everyone who'd never really seen him was like, oh, no. Yeah. And then it was like a rap. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand they're like their concern. I mean, they're really worried about like I can't tell you how many stylist friends of mine are like they are like if they have a cool jacket, like, yeah, the band took it. Yeah, because like, hey, can I wear that? And then they, you know, and then yep. they want it or whatever, because they're just like that jacket's cooler than my jacket. Yeah, and I'm about to be photographed, and they just—it's such a—it's so interesting to me. Yeah, well, there's so many, and and now more than ever is image so important. Like it really—I mean, it's gotten crazy actually. But go back 25 years, I always say to 1991 mm-hmm. when this when everything broke. Um, you know, people didn't give a fuck when I shot Nirvana. Kurt shows up wearing what he's going to wear and you're going to shoot him yeah. whatever he's wearing. I, I always used to tell the story about how I shot, was shooting all the grunge stuff at, at the time and like six months later after it's all blowing up and we're all going crazy for it, the, I get a call from, I think it was uh, 
warrants management. Oh, you got to shoot warrant like you do Nirvana. Like, okay, sure, set it up. And they set it up, and then they canceled the shoot two days prior because, oh, the stylist didn't finish making the custom flannel shirts just yet. Custom <laughs> like, flannel. I was like, that's not how it works, guys. Oh, they my just, God. They thought, like, they thought Pearl Jam or Nirvana or Soundgarden was, yeah. like, getting their stuff styled. You're like, no, these guys are broke. That's what they wear. Yeah. And it's cold in Seattle, so yeah. you wear flannel. Yeah. And they just thought, like, it was some sort of custom look. Yeah, it became, like, a look after yeah. Like all those bands broke yeah. and got huge. Everyone's like, I'm going to wrap a flannel around my waist and wear like a <laughs> shitty red I always tell people that was the one year in my entire life that I was in style because I was dressing like that for <laughs> 20 years prior. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, I'm in style. Yeah. All of a sudden one year. The stars year, align. You're like, like, I'm hip. <laughs> exactly. I was like, wow, this is it. And uh, But like that was a weird time. I always tell people 90, 1991 is the strangest year of musically of my life. And not only was the best year musically, I mean, think about all the great stuff that came out in 91. But for me, I had more friends become millionaires overnight than yeah. I'll ever see in my life ever again. Wow. Cause everybody started out that year broke as fuck. I bought the first time I met Dave Grohl, I bought him a hundred pairs of drumsticks cause he didn't have any. <laughs> I bought wow. food for people. I bought, gave guitars to guys because they didn't have a guitar. And then like a year later, you know, I'm getting these stories of Chris Novoselic going, yeah, I just bought a house with cash. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? So how did you, because I'm sure a lot of photographers at the time were, you know, seriously like envying your position in that scene because those were like the biggest bands in the universe at the time. Like how did you get into the grunge well, scene? The, the, the local Seattle photographers who are great to this day, Charles Peterson and then another photographer in New York, Michael Levine, who is a friend they're great photographers. They and they were there. They really are the ones that captured. I think a lot of people didn't weren't didn't like me in the beginning because I was the L.A. guy right. coming into their world, and I was only I was the only L.A. guy because I was working for the labels, which were down here. Yeah. Epic. That's a common and, thing. No matter what what you do, if you do it in L.A. and you go to another city, they're like, "Oh, you you're from L.A. and you yeah. do that. Yeah. You're an L.A. comedian. You're an L.A. photographer." <laughs> And it was weird because you'd get, I would get not, not nothing too bad, but I got to know everybody. And once they got to know me, they understood where I was coming from. It was yeah. all fine. But I just, you know, I just loved the music. I loved Soundgarden and Mother Love Bone when that was going on and yeah. Green River. I collected every sub pop record, 45 and label um, LP that there was. I had every limited edition color pressing. I mean, I collected all that stuff. You I was, still have all that stuff? I, in 92, I sold the entire collection. <gasps> To Eddie Vedder for three thousand dollars. No way. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of everything in '92. At the end of '92, I just had enough of all this shit, and I just got rid of. That's when like, vinyl I, tanked, anyway. Yeah, but I threw away all my platinum records. I threw away like I got rid of like whatever little I had left. I got rid of. Oh my god. Of stuff, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. I got had drum sets like gone, like everything just gone. I just cleaned the house. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Wow. And, uh, but I like, I just loved it all. I always said, and, and to this day, I, I, I have the pictures. I have the pictures. I have yeah. The pictures. Yeah. That's all that matters. That's what my whole, you know, documentary is about. I got the pictures. Man. I so you got in stuff. basically with one band and then you just kind of started working with. The Seattle thing started for me was I was up there shooting Queensryche for EMI and Jeff Tate. And I liked Queens, right? Come on, who doesn't like Operation Live? I like Live Queens, Crime? right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Queens was good. Silent Lucidity, whatever. Yeah, Silent Lucidity, man. Um, but I was up there and I was shooting them, and I know that like I had the next day off, and I just called a manager, John Silva, great manager, and said, "Hey, I see Nirvana's got a new drummer. Can I take their picture?" And he's like, "Yeah, let me set it up." 
back in those days that you could do that, make one call. Hey, so-and-so's in town. Can I take their picture? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Wow. You know, I, I had enough street cred kind of to get to be able to do that. And I always said, whatever you guys want it for. And then, so I shot Nirvana. And then after that, I, I came back and got to know, you know, then Pearl Jam was starting up and I got to know the publicists for them. And just one thing led to another. I just worked my ass off a lot of times. Is there way more things in the way of that now like obstacles oh, to big time it's just I'm right like, now i'm trying to shoot bands and just last week i have to shoot this band that come in from england and it's that whole oh what's it for what are you going to do it for where's yeah. it going to show up are you yeah. going to are you going to tweet these this is for instagram is it a newer uh, band or like a big band a is newer that, band and they still have that sort of oh, like what totally. are you going to do with yeah, it as yeah. opposed to oh cool exposure yeah uh, or, or hey you know i don't know the, the rapper i shot last week he's he's totally cool I have a rapper coming up in another week. It just everybody just wants to know. It's fine. I'm fine with it. I understand it. But I yeah. just like the old days would be, hey, Eddie, what are you doing? Hey, can I come over? Let's take some pictures. Sure. Come on over. Let's take some pictures. You know, like I had the, I built up a little trust and a little respect. Can you um, tell me what it was like shooting Gregory Hines? I love that dude. Are you serious? I I love that movie him. Tap. That I, movie Tap was like I fucking all, love I that movie. I can't believe you brought that up. I worshipped Gregory Hines as a kid. Yeah, growing up, I worshipped dance as a kid. That's okay, the reason I'm a photographer is because of Fred Astaire, because of the movie Funny Face. Oh, uh, I love that movie so much. Okay, I saw that when I was ten years old. Yeah, I said to my mom, I want to be Fred Astaire. I yeah. fell in love with Audrey Hepburn. I mean, Audrey Hepburn, Fred Astaire, and all she talks about the whole movie is empathicalism. It's amazing. <laughs> That's her whole, she's like obsessed with the flaws where she's going, empathicalism. It's great. <laughs> she does a jazz dance. It's great. And I said <laughs> to myself, I want to be Fred Astaire. And I, he was taking pictures. I want to be that photographer. And what was Fred Astaire's name in that movie? I don't know. Richard Avery. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so basically... Gregory, I was a fan of dance to begin with, and I was, you know, and that whole thing was weird. It's, do you know who Stanley Clark is? Bass player, jazz, fusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I knew Stanley. He was like my hero since I, my first concert was Return to Forever in 76, which he played in. Um, I knew him, and his wife at the time, she was taking tap, her friends, and she goes, calls me up one day. Hey, Gregory's going to come down, and he's going to choreograph a number we're doing Whoa. for a charity thing. Would you come down and take pictures? I'm like, when and where <laughs> yeah just when and where and I, to sit there and watch him the best part which i love about any creative person is to watch them create the the, the you can see the you know the things spinning in their head and he's looking in front of the mirror and he's telling them like let's do this this no no this will work and he, watching him come up with the whole routine is it was just it was magic for me and well, i was just like afterwards talking to him and he was just hanging out and i was just like dude well the pictures you took of him it's interesting because he's wearing like this kind of tank top and you know, I've only ever seen him in like clothing or like, you know, tap it and you look and you're like, you forget like, oh, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. yeah like yeah. he's jacked. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you're huge yeah. and like incredibly athletic, like shocking. Like you forget like, oh, these guys are just, they're athletes that just pointed it, went in a different direction. Right. But yeah. he, I mean, that guy was like, you're talking about talent. Oh, like he yeah. had it. He was hilarious. He could act yeah. like he, and he's you know, obviously one of the great dancers ever. Exactly, and that whole to this day, that whole scene in the. Did you ever see the movie Tap? Yeah, I was absolutely. Sammy Davis Jr. That whole scene in that room with all the dancers. He tapped. Yeah, there's a challenge. It, it, it's this movie. It's about Gregory Hines used to be a bank or he was like a criminal, and he goes yeah. to jail, but he gets out, and he goes, and all the cool tap dancers live in this one building <laughs> on this one floor, and it, and then he does this thing where he rigs like pickups to his shoes. Yeah. Tap is a great movie. A great. That whole scene though is like the shit, and it's like in in. Gregory on Stanley Clark's album, If This Bass Could Talk, which I did the cover for, mm. um, 
there's the opening song is Stanley playing bass and him tap dancing. Oh, you got to check it out. It's like wow. it's so cool. It's like he's a playing the bass and then he's all yeah, like playing off of each other. It's like a battle scene in tap where they fucking dance against each other. That is otherworldly. Sammy Davis Jr.'s in there. Like it's fucking. He's got this cool beard. He wears a like a scarf on his head the whole time. It is so good. I saw Sammy. One of the biggest thrills of my life was. We were actually talking about this with uh, Joe DeRosa because uh-huh. Joe was talking about how his first concert was Frank Sinatra. And I said, I saw Sinatra up at the Universal Amphitheater in 84, 85. Wow. And, and Sinatra invited Sammy up on stage and Sammy sang Candyman oh. and, 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 and tapped a little bit. And I was in like tears. Just in the, I was Damn. in front row center and this woman's like, are you okay? I got Candyman. It's Candyman. <laughs> yeah, I watched like nine versions of Mr. Bojangles a few weeks ago and just cried my eyes out. Because <laughs> it's, so it's, so, it's, it's, it's so similar to like an aging comedian. Like anything artistic as yeah. you get yeah. a little older, you turn on Mr. Bojangles. It's like Cats in the Cradle if your dad's dead <laughs> where you turn it on you're like, this hurts? Why yeah. does this hurt so bad? Why does this song hurt so bad? I now understand this pain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm older now. And he's just doing, it's this beautiful song and he's doing these kicks. You're like, why am I weeping? <laughs> Fuck, Sammy Davis Jr. is like... He was my hero since I was a kid. He's it's the, the best. People, always, my, people, I've done interviews where people are like, oh, what's, who's your heroes? They think like, I'm going to come up. I don't know. I always say, Sammy Davis Jr., Arthur Ashe, and Audrey Hepburn. I mean, they look at me like... That's a what? good lineup. Yes. Yeah. Sammy, uh, think, consider, consider the amount of like verbal racism Sammy Davis Jr. digested just hanging around his Ooh. friends. Oh, like, yeah. the, Just being around the Rat Pack. Can you imagine what they called him as a joke yeah. on a regular basis? Oh, yeah. And him just laughing at me. Ha, 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 Frankie. Like, you just have to... But th- you know that they all had his back. Oh, they, yeah. yeah. There used to be stories of like... Um, there was one story uh, like him going into a venue in Chicago and they wouldn't let him in because he was black like you yeah. couldn't come in the front door yeah and like he's like but I'm performing and then they wouldn't and then Sinatra or one of those Rat Pack dudes um, got in their face about it and they were like do you not understand who this is I don't care what your rules are yeah. he's one of us and then they all obviously cowered in fear because you do what yeah. Sinatra says when he says it Sinatra, totally. Sinatra yeah. had friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. But could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine what you had to go? Any problems like the modern day entertainer would have? Like I can't get this gig or my flight suck. It's like I can't walk through the door of a venue I'm playing because of my skin color. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then still manage to become one of the biggest stars in the world. In the in the Ken Burns jazz documentary, you hear about that was a thing. Like Ella Fitzgerald. Like yeah. You're like, do you realize I'm the best ever? Like, <laughs> it, like. Louis Armstrong, the one he's the Richard Pryor of jazz, at least, and and that's what you get the sense of. In the everyone agrees he's the greatest, and then after that, everyone can argue. But like he wouldn't be allowed to go into certain places. Like you don't want to let me in to be the best of the world or something. Yeah, like I'm better. Like you realize what's going to happen. Like everyone's in line to see me. I can't go in this door. It's It's just bizarre. It is so bizarre. Fuck Sammy. Gregory Hines, man, one of a kind. And growing up, like he was just. There's, he could do no wrong, like, in far as I was concerned. In any movie, whatever. You don't if get... I've seen the movie, uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, Robin and the Ho- Seven Hoods. What is it? Robin and the Seven Hoods? With Sinatra and, er, and Dean Martin. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, great, great mu- musical, great movie. There's oh, all these, I just, growing up, I grew up on all that. So I grew up on musicals as a kid anyways. Right. So I always tell people, it's like, watch everything. I feel like they just don't make entertainers like that. And that's, I know every generation says that, but like... 
well, guys make- like Sinatra and Sammy Davis no. that could they could sing, they could dance, they could do comedy, yeah, they could Danny act. Kay. There's nothing they can't do. Yeah, they can do all four of those things extremely well. Oddly enough, you know who makes them is Disney. Disney makes no. those teenagers, but by the time but they're out the there, thing, they're though. so lame. They, they don't like watch Justin them. Timberlake. He's yeah. the only one. But that's the thing, though, is they make them. Yeah, they're they like from them. a young age. They're like, we're going to build you as well, opposed to these a... guys that cut their teeth through. Yeah, I think those guys, too, back in the day, though, they had to work at it. You know, they didn't just. Yeah, you were like a contract this. player. Yeah, and you, you had to go to... do acting things. Then you had to go do your comedy. You right. got sent to dance school. I mean, they gave Marilyn Monroe a chin implant. You know, yeah, right. it was pretty it was pretty manufactured a certain number like some of it. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of most stuff that's going on these days anyways. But that's that's old age. What was your favorite era of music, you think? Oh, that's probably a hard question. My, I like all kinds of music. I mean, I really do. I, I always tell my joke always is, I, what kind of music do you like? I always, I, I like good music. Well, what kind? Good music? Yeah. But my favorite time, when I have There's to no cheer myself that, up right. and when I want to think about, you know, when I want to just feel good. I go back to high school. I go. I always tell. I, I talk about this a lot in my documentary that I think that your high school music is where you. That's where you get your independence. Up until that point, you're hearing maybe your parents, you're hearing uh-huh. cousins, relatives. But you get to high school, then it's with your friends, it's your peers, yeah. And then you start to develop that musical taste. And for me, you know, my first concert was Return to Forever, but my second concert was Smokey Robinson. Wow. And then I saw after that it took off. Then I was like, uh, we saw Earth and Fire in Graham Central Station, and I just grew up on the funk. I always tell people I didn't, I didn't have any white friends until I moved to L.A. So I just. <laughs> It was just I grew up on on that music, and so that was everything to me. And jazz fusion, of course, but like I just love the funk. I can put on you know Earth and Fire all day, every day. Yeah, you know, and th- that's it, I've never actually thought of it that way. But when I think in terms like if I want to cheer myself up, what will do it every time? And it's '90s hip hop because that's when I was in high school. Right, exactly. Like if I put on the type of '90s hip hop I was listening to, I'll make someone Della form a Soul? circle. Yeah, <laughs> Dela. Dela. <laughs> yeah, like Arrested Development. If that comes on, Vanilla uh, Ice. No. <laughs> How dare Come on. You. But to be fair, we He's all like, like yeah, that. Song. Yeah, We all like that song at first. Like when I first, because I, I was like, I like this one part. I like the bass riff. I didn't know it was stolen from somebody. Yeah. I'm like, there's a really good track behind it. Like, oh, there's a reason. But no, I agree with you. I just think it's high school. I don't. I. Studying this is, I always say I'm not a professor by any means, but studying it like I have, I just feel like it's when you get to high school, you start, it becomes your peers and it becomes your mm-hmm. music. And you even talked about it last week about it kind of like your thing was that time, right? Yeah, you when know? I, because yeah, I didn't grow up in like a musical exactly. household because my parents were immigrants right. and they listened to Middle Eastern music, which helped. I'm glad thinking back because it really like it broadened my. Right. spectrum of what music can be because i would have never chosen to listen to middle eastern music but the the instruments they use and the melodies are so different than like w- what you hear on like american radio the right. timing too oh yeah everything and the voices and like it, it, and it was annoying when i was a kid but as i got a little older there were certain things that i just kind of I, I would go oh that sounds kind of familiar and i like it i want to explore it but it it hit my palate better because it was like right. the americanized version of that kind of thing I have to tell you, we we just we, I told everybody we we loved your story about Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Like the best yeah. story. <laughs> that's like seriously had me on the floor. That's right? funny. Yeah, it was so good. But no, I just think high school is where you kind of 
because I always say growing up, I had all kinds of music, very young, Beatles, Beach Boys in the 60s. And then, you know, I remember buying my first 45s at the Jackson 5 or whatever and watching the Ed Sullivan show. And But it was like, got to high school, all of a sudden it was like, okay, now I'm on my own. I don't have to listen to my brother who forced me to listen to Hendrix. And I'd be like, what the hell is this shit? Right. <laughs> my brother was into the blues and Bob Dylan. So he'd make mm-hmm. me sit and listen to Dylan. And I'd be like, what is this? Yeah. Put on the Jackson 5. Yeah. You know, like, but... I just think high school is where it goes. And then that's why I always tell people, like, for me, my second official musician shoot after I did Joe Zawinul from Weather Report, which was a big thrill, uh, was to shoot Maurice White from Earth, the leader and founder of Earth, Wind & Fire. And to all of a sudden have this guy who I'd just seen in concert, like, <laughs> years prior, like, in my studio, I was like, oh, my God. And yeah. I shot him. And he was the nicest man. And then he, he's, I said, do you want to see the pictures when I get them back? And he goes, yeah, come on up to the house. I went to his house wow. up in Beverly Hills. He saw Sweet. piles and piles of platinum records from around the world collecting dust. Like, what are you doing with all these things? Like, he just hung out with me. And I remember just driving back down the hill. He was up in like Beverly Glen, you know. In Beverly yeah, Glen. Yeah. I'm driving back down the hill. All I can think about is I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to shoot all the people that I grew up loving. Because in the Bay Area, so that following two, three years, I shot like everybody who I wanted to to meet like Phil Collins, Carlos Santana, Stanley Clark. I started meeting all the people I grew up watching wow. and going to. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm hanging out with Carlos Santana. Those are the like celebrities that never get normal to, to you, I think. If you loved someone young enough, like I recently, this show I host on Sunday, Dana Carvey has been doing a show before it. Yeah. And so I go, he has to wait in the green room after a show because too many people want to talk to him. Right. And so like we chat. And like a friend of mine came in while I was chatting with them and then Dana left and I go, just, you know, don't think for a minute that was normal to me. Yeah. Like that was like, I might as well have been on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that I've talked that we chat and he kind of is nice to me now. He's like, Hey, so how was your week? It's like, you're Dana Carvey. I used to not get beat up in junior high by doing your impressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kept me you're safe. The church lady. Yeah, like I it, literally that kept me safe for a while. Yeah. yeah, there's certain people when you're a kid that like aren't they're superhuman to you. They're from another I, world, and you never that first impression never fully goes away. And for me, it was always musicians. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Also, certain actors. I always tell people, shooting tons and tons of actors in this town, I always say, I can't turn on TV without seeing somebody I shot. But for me, when I got to shoot the, act- the actors I got to shoot, that I got a thrill was when I got to meet and hang out and shoot Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Oh, fuck. You'd- I sat wow. there, and, and talking to Jack Lemon was like, Ugh! Yeah. And, you know, and Walter's great grunt, you know, grunty yeah. Walter. And I'm just like, you are just, oh, 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 I could think of every movie in the world. And then, then I got to Damn. shoot Kirk Douglas at his Whoa. house in Palm Springs, which was cool, magical. And Ernest Borgnine. It was like shooting those guys. I could care less about George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Yeah. But it was like shooting those guys, and they were yeah. all nice. James Garner. Like, yeah, living uh, legends. Yeah. And you're just like, Egh. and I always laughed at each one of them. I would always say to them, like, oh, as I start taking the pictures, you've done this before. And then I like, kind of just roll their eyes. Yeah, a handful of times. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, there's going to be a clicking noise. Yeah. I don't want you to get startled. <laughs> exactly. And but they were all, every one of them was just really, you're just like the pros. Like they'd be talking and you just go, I'm ready. And they would just like be over here talking to their publicist and then turn back and go, yeah, I'm, you know, smile perfect. Yeah. They knew exactly what I worked did. once with, I didn't get to be in scenes with her, but I guest starred in a show where Phyllis Diller was on it. And during rehearsal, 
it didn't look so great. Like, you know, she was at an advanced age and yeah. <laughs> she would maybe not necessarily know what was the deal. And, and But you could get through it. And everyone was kind of like, how is she? And it was a sitcom. So it was like, how is she going to be at the taping? Yeah. As soon as the lights went on, it was like someone gave her a shot. Yeah. It was just like it was like someone hit a light switch and she nailed everything yeah. and was hilarious. I believe and you're like, oh, you have been a pro for 50, 60 years. Yeah, they say that about Rodney Dangerfield when he would be like t- getting ready to tape stand up or whatever, and they're like, yeah, he's just like mumbling and he doesn't yeah. know where he is. And the second he walks out, he's like, hey, you know, and he's like on it. And you're yeah. like, but a minute ago you didn't know what show you were doing. Yeah, and then he's murdering for like yeah. five or six straight minutes. I've, I've shot a lot of comedians as well and have been blessed to have worked with some really amazing ones which ones were the assholes though? no <laughs> i'll tell you all of them and i'll says. say it to his yeah. face he was an asshole which was dennis miller uh yeah uh, people say but that, it was yeah. a weird yeah. time pre-9-11 or post-9-11 it was remember he had a talk show yeah i went to a second? taping of it the hbo one no it was on some, what was it on oh he had a fox news one he had he had a, he had an he HBO had a talk one. show this is like a long time ago he got canceled and uh, it, he wasn't so bad. It was just he got canceled. And he wasn't happy about it. And t- yeah. I think TV guy had hired me to shoot him and said, okay, we're going to do the seven, what is it, the seven things you do when you lose something. Or, oh, okay. Uh, oh, seven stages of stages grief. Of grief. Yeah, yeah, seven yeah, stages. yeah. Oh, we're going to do that with him. We want to get these expressions. And they told his publicist, publicist down, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh-huh. They get there. And I looked at the publicist, <sighs> we're going to do this, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Dennis shows up. I go, this is what we're going to do, Dennis, the seven stages of grief and da da da. And, she, and he goes, I'm not doing that. And I look at her. I go, I thought you told him. She goes, I didn't. This is the first time I'm hearing this. And I'm oh, like, no. whoa. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a good one. The publicist good for you. Uh, all right, we'll just then, do some portraits, Dennis. No worries. He was, just, he was just miserable all day. My favorite of all, though, was, was to shoot Bernie Mac. He was just oh, man. the oh, nicest cool. guy in the world. And I made the mistake. He was, <laughs> and I think you guys could vouch back me on this, is that I always say, you never heckle a professional comedian. No, no. Bernie I made, Mac? I made the mistake yeah. where I'm taking his picture and the camera crew from E, I think it was E Entertainment Tonight or uh-huh. somebody was there filming this whole thing. And he said something about Chicago and I'm, about the Cubs or the White Sox or something. And I'm a Giants fan, San Francisco Giants fan. I made some remark, just trying to be all funny to the comedian. Right. <laughs> get you, I'll get you. And I made some remark, and then he proceeded to tear me to shreds yeah. in front of the camera. <laughs> That's crew, hilarious. Filming this whole thing, and my assistants are laughing their heads off, and I'm just like, <laughs> red as all You're black. Like, lesson like, learned. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll, and I shot him a couple times afterwards, and I, we would always joke about it. I said, I, I learned my lesson. Thank you. I'll just shut the fuck up from now yeah. on. Yeah, dude, Bernie Mac. That's and he was great. I also shot Chris Farley. He was amazing. Oh wow, amazing, funny, quiet, and all that. It, I just watched that documentary on him. The same thing. Like he was just so quiet and reserved. But as soon as like, I started taking pictures, like I think this I think devil came out. I think they just kind of save it. They're like, I'm going to need it in like ten minutes, so I'm just going to save it. And then when it I comes time, I don't think you can be co- uh, comedians like twenty four seven. I don't think you'd be yeah. There's a few. Jokes. There's a few yeah. people who are like that, but they are very exhausting to be around. They're yeah. very, and they're yeah. few and far between. Like yeah. I don't know. I know like two comedians that are always on. And I know hundreds of comedians. Yeah, yeah. I I actually thought I thought the other day where routinely someone will go, oh, "You're a comedian. You're always trying to be funny." It's like no, none of us actually do that. Improvisers are like that a little more. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. Or when you see a group of improvisers at like a restaurant, they're kind of running bits, and you're like, Whew, relax. I think the longer you do it, the less you're on off stage. Oh, totally. You're, you're getting it out of you. Yeah. And you, you know, so you don't need that like validation. But I, I do guess. notice though with a comedian is that once they get a like that little taste of validation, applause, or ha ha ha, laugh from somebody, it's like, oh, that's like a little drug. It's like, ooh, that's oh yeah, you could just Very see them just kind of like, ooh, okay, yeah. and I'll do another one, and then. Uh, 
And they go, ooh, okay. And they just they just build. Because at the core of it's your... It's the drug. It's the core of your being. It proves, it proves your worth in a way. Because yeah. you're like, that's how I prove I'm cool yeah. to people yeah. or whatever. Like, be funny. Make them laugh. Yeah. And then when they do, you go, all right, you don't hate me. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good for a little but bit. But I would, like, I, I, would, I would get to shoot lots of, you know, I always say, like... Lots of actors and then comedians. I've always found that shooting comedians is a lot easier than regular actors. There's uh-huh. just something about even the ones that are the comedians that I shot that are on um, sitcoms and things like that. Just just a lot. I don't know. I find comedians a lot easier to to deal with, and I think they understand. And I don't know. I don't think actors. comedians have as much pretense about them being cool. They, we kind of know sure. we're not. Yeah. So yeah. we're not like, hey, does it? We're like, look, I look how I look, and you're yeah. gonna shoot yeah, it. And no let's like, hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, yeah, image to like uphold. True. In in a way, you're kind of like, I'm just who I am. Whatever. I don't hey, know. even like dice. You're like, is the leather jacket on? We're fine. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we're good. I, I don't know. I have found I've had great experiences with comedians. I can't think. I did Mad TV for a few years. Even they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Do you talk about? You mentioned the documentary, right? Uh, talk about that like a little bit more. Okay. Well, my project is um called as you know greatest hits and it's a project i started two years ago and basically it's a celebration of 30 years worth of music the website is kafarohits.com um and it's basically i started out i'm doing a series of exhibitions around the world hopefully my goal is six um starting here in la and then from that came a book i'm working on and a catalog and i'm looking to do an ipad app all these different things but then my friends were all like watching me go crazy doing this We're like you should document this you should yeah. document this and i was like uh I'm, don't you think i'm doing enough and so i started the documentary a year i guess it's been over a year and a half and so the idea of the documentary is everybody has a story about music which i heard yours mm-hmm. and everybody has stories i have a million stories and the photos to prove it so yeah. i'm telling the stories behind the pictures plus my stories that i have of just my great life with music um and then I'm trying to get everybody else's stories about music because I just find there's the interconnecting thing. Um, like we were talking when I think when we first met, like, you know, I, I, I show you a picture and you're like, oh, I remember that picture. Yeah. Well, I took that picture and what it means to me. And then you're like, well, what it means to you and so on and so forth. And when we went through the photos, you were amazing. Thank and you. you were just going through the photos, just like all of your comments, like every one of them was just like, I was like <laughs> money. And I was just like saying like how everybody has these stories and we all connect to music. Yeah. There's just Music has that power. So, Part of that whole thing is just talking about everybody's experiences with music. I would ask you, what was your first concert? Uh, my first concert was the 120 Minutes tour. My brother took me. <laughs> oh, my God. So it was Big Audio Dynamite, Blind Melon, Live, and PIL. Wow. That's cool. What year? 90? This is... I was in... This is... My, I'm going to get this wrong, and then Jeff's going to send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it would have been like 90. I was going to say. Somewhere around, around that, like yeah. 90-ish. Yeah. And we were there to see PIL, you know, and uh, they were fantastic. I, and Blind I didn't blind Melon and, and Live weren't big yet. Right. So I didn't know who they were. They were both really, really good. Yeah. I had no sense of what Big Audio Dynamite was at all. Right. But I had heard all the PIL songs from my brother playing them loud yeah. in, in our house. Right. So that was cool. Love and PIL. I mean, seeing Johnny Rotten was fucking epic. I shot him three times, four times. Yeah, he's great. Cr- I mean, him too. I love that oh, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. It was fun. Smart, interesting. Like, at, I mean, there are a few people that were at epicenters like that. And he's, I mean, you know, he was the face of punk. Yeah. yeah. I was. No. I told you this. Too. I always found him so fucking annoying. Though. Like I got it, I and mean, I was just like, "You're so irritating, you son of a bitch." But that's 
But you respect that's you know, what he wanted you to I know. think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was, was successful. He didn't want yeah. you to like him. Yeah, when but they were on that British talk show, <laughs> the pistols are, and then oh. some guys interviewing him, and they just they say a curse word, and the guy's like, "Proud of yourself. You want to keep going?" They're like, "You're a cunt." Yeah, yeah. Just all that was really cool. Like, like, I told yeah. stuff like that's great. The first but. time I shot him, he he was doing a phone interview, and he just hung up on the guy. Right in the middle of the interview, and I look at the publicist going, I've never seen that before. And he's like, and then Johnny's all like, well, he, next time the guy needs to do his research before yeah. he talks to me. Jeez. And I won't waste my time. And I was like, okay, let's go take some pictures now. Like, I mean, think right. about how many times Johnny Rotten's been interviewed, and you're going to ask him some dumbass yeah. questions like, how do you feel about punk? Suck my dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where'd you come up with the name Sex Pistols? Like, yeah, really? like, yeah. come on. This one again. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I found him to be, every time, super, super nice and amazingly. Uh, uh, you know, just don't be a dick around him and you're okay. I think, but I always say that about everybody I've ever shot. Just be nice and you're okay. Yeah, I, you gotta pay someone like that. Give them the reverence they deserve. They don't want more than that. Right. But yeah. don't treat him like he's some dickhead from some whatever band. No, He's exactly. like, dude, just so you know, I did some stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not just, I'm not, who, treat me what, treat me as what I am. I, yeah, I'm, see, I'm that way about artists and creators and doing after doing this so many years now i i tell people all the time everybody should be not nice to begin with and everybody should be respectful of everybody's art including me because a lot of times a lot of actors don't respect the photographers they just think oh, i'm an actor i don't you know i don't like doing still photos i can't tell me names i heard that stupid really line. oh yeah and i'd always say like you know you know when you're on working you're doing your job on set and you're doing your lines i mean everybody respects you and lets you do your job why don't you respect me and yeah. let me do my job and yeah. i'll make you look good and you'll be happy and but musicians i just i always tell people i if you gave me you know who can i only shoot for the rest of my life it would always be musicians really yeah always huh. always because they're all fucked up and they're crazy and they make for better pictures it's like people always ask me, like, why? I always say, well, because if you if I want to shoot boring people, I'll go shoot doctors, lawyers, and do weddings and, yeah. <laughs> right. and actor headshots. But I go musicians. Oh my god! Like, it I, is. I, I mean, music is the most transcendent art form by far. Yeah, definitely is the universal language for ha- hands down. It's the yeah. most powerful. I mean, no one goes to a stadium to look at a painting. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, they line up at the Louvre, but there's a lot of paintings in there. Yeah. <laughs> like they got to have a bunch of them. Yeah. But. There is something to like musicians, like comics and stuff. Routinely, are kind of a messed up group of people, but they they all come in these little tiny groups of four or five, and they make like something that, when they do it right, connects to everybody, or can connect to such a massive group of people. And they're still messed up. There have been so many moments in my career. I'll tell you one crazy moment: 1988, Melbourne, Australia. I'm on stage on the side of the stage, kind of like. And George Michael's Faith Tour. And this is, was the George at his top. Oh. And in, 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 sit in Melbourne, which is a, has more Greek people compared to Greece. Like it has, oh, like really? After Greece, they have more Greek huh. people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And George is Greek. So like this audience was just worshiping him. Yeah. I just remember sitting on stage and looking out and watching 30,000 people lose their minds at every little bump of faith or every little thing of, you know father figure whatever yeah. and just losing your minds and i just remember going backstage afterwards and i was like george i, I got a taste of what it feels like to have thirty thousand people go crazy for you i go i'll never have this i'll never have thirty thousand people at the same time going that's the greatest photo in the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll never have that yeah but i got a taste of it and i'm like man that is like that's cool like that is amazing and can you imagine like being like 
Queen at Wembley Stadium in yeah. '85, like how Freddie Mercury just like, "Ooh, bring it on!" Yeah, like that. That's uh, most people. We couldn't do that. We wouldn't. I wouldn't even go on stage in front of all those people. Say, "Yeah, bring it on!" Yeah, no matter what, what like you, it yeah. takes a certain kind of person. And that's what's cool about the stuff that you do and music photographers in general is yeah. like they capture that moment that we would never ever get to see you yeah. know like we're none of us get to be on side stage unless you know the band or do yeah. something like what you do or you're their publicist or whatever but and like i told you like my favorite music photos are usually like the live concert shots because you capture like them in their essence doing right. what they do and those shots with them on stage with 30 40 50 20 what however many thousands of people there's just something that that does for you and I don't, you know, I'm not like, oh, I wish I could have been a rock star, but just to know that Everyone there are th- wants to, we yeah, all yeah, wish we could have been rock stars. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. When I, I was I a teenager, I for sure, yeah. I, 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 I was telling you, there's a reason that I had what at one time forty guitars and drums and <laughs> three drum sets and a million. I was, I always wanted to be a musician. Yeah. I always wanted to be on stage, rocking out with whoever. But like. I always wanted to be George Harrison. I thought it was. There's it something cool. really. Well, you were talking about. I almost think that when I think about when I think about music and imagery. I mean, you can watch like a concert movie. Yeah. There's something about a photo uh-huh. that almost sells it better because the con the the documentary or the movie is already telling you a story they want to tell you. But like the photo, especially if you like the band. You're just you can think about whatever you want. Right. You're like they yeah. were playing my favorite song in that photo, even right. though they could have been fucking at soundcheck. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like just fucking around. But when you look at it, you go, That's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I, I I'm never gonna get to see that. Well, that was forty years ago. Yeah. And they were playing fucking Stairway to Heaven or Black Dog yeah, or whatever I you think want. It's like any good art form, it, 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 a good art form, it gets better as it ages in a sense. Yeah. It helps that like I don't know what it's going to be like twenty years from or twenty five years from now, but I know that looking back twenty five years now, nineteen ninety one, I look at my work I shot back then, and I it just it holds up and it looks yeah. great and it's great for me great memories and and there is something cool about it even when I look at it my older stuff I I just get a kick out of it. then I look at the pictures that influenced me as a kid growing up uh-huh. it's you know it, it just gets better with age especially if it's done right and and if if that artist becomes. I always say for me, I always say I'm part of their life just as much as they're part of mine. Yeah. Like, you know, at some point, you know, I crossed paths with all the artists I shot with Iggy Pop or whatever. like Iggy Pop's making this new album coming out now, which yeah, I know. Josh Homme. Did you yeah. see the performance yeah. on, uh, on no. Letter on um, Stephen Colbert? Amazing performance. And he's Iggy's, the best. Iggy's, he's one of the best performers in the history I know. of the yeah. universe. The, the, I actually like the music, and I'm kind of going, this is really cool. Yeah. And I'm going like, yeah, I shot Iggy you know, three times. We hung out. We had dinner. <laughs> we talked about Sinatra. And you know, he sang Burt Bacharach to me. So like, you know, I don't know. I, I would say I'm part of their lives in one little, for a blip second. You know, like, just being part of the music timeline is, feels like, it's just an amazing. Uh-oh. Yeah. Because it is like, it's the, it's the one thing that works 100% of the time. Well, that's why my joke for years is when I ask you that first concert question, I've said this for years, I think I might have told you this, the whole thing I joke about that is I've asked that of everybody I've ever shot. Who, what's your first concert? What's your first concert? It's like my opening yeah. line, and it relaxes everybody. I, I don't care how big the star is or how nervous I am, which I never am, but it's like you're like, so hey, George Clooney, what's your first concert? Or hey, so-and-so, what's your first concert? Just to hear what that is. I was joke is that it's an opening line. Everybody can talk about music. And yeah. so I would say like it's the perfect pickup line if you're ever gonna hit on a girl, you meet her see a girl across the room, don't uh-huh. go over there and say, Hey, what's your name? or what do you do? Just what's your first concert? 
boom, guaranteed starts the conversation. Yeah. Guaranteed. And it's it works every time. If someone's like, I don't really like music, they're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, they you're are. a loser. Go away. Like that is incredibly weird to say. Yeah, yeah. no, I've shot people who then said you know they to walk really away. Any. I shot this band years ago, years and years ago in New York, some Irish four girl singing band kind of a thing. And I said, to them, what's your first concert? And they went, well, we haven't been to any yet because they were so young. We haven't really been to any yet. I go, well, maybe you think you should go to see wow. what you want to do. Their first concert will be their own concert. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, us in two weeks will be <laughs> yeah, our exactly. first concert. We're yeah. going to watch a video of it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> right. it's, it, it is weird. I've, but I've heard it all. I remember my favorite one was Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. She told me Elvis was her first concert. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those stories where you're like, you saw Elvis? Yeah, and my uh, friend Michael Lipman, a good friend and manager, he manages George Michael, when we interviewed him, he his first concert was the Beatles at Boston Garden. Get the fuck! And he out. goes, he goes, we didn't, and he knew what he meant by this. He goes, I, he goes, I saw the Beatles was was my first concert. I didn't hear them. <laughs> yeah. I saw them, and I went, yeah. yeah, I can only imagine how loud that. Oh, was. Oh, I know. That's the one thing where, like, you know, there aren't. As I get older, there aren't tons of benefits, but you can routinely crush someone else on a concert going. Thing. Oh like, yeah, like oh you saw that band? He's like, yeah, I saw Radiohead, the Kid A, Kid a tour, and some eighteen was like. Like, yeah, <laughs> but like I, I at one show who was it was David Allen Greer and our friend Court start talk Court McCowan start talking about concerts they'd seen because Court grew up in like, Kansas or something uh, Nebraska Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. and he there was like a venue near me and and, and he's they fifty two so he's yeah had, they were tra- <laughs> had some years of concert going yeah they were <laughs> trading concerts and like what they'd seen and you heard some lineups were like I saw this band open for this band you were like what in the fuck was yeah. that like and in like smaller venues back then too so they were like they they were big but they're also playing in these small towns you go yeah I saw like Led Zeppelin and the Stones at like some theater that was like four hundred seats yeah, you're like what give me your brain and eyeballs yeah, like I need to relive that, was, that. that was my brother like was like that and yeah and my uh my weird one when i was growing up i would say 1977 new year's eve was journey when you know infinity came out mm-hmm. with wow. lights journey and opening for them blondie damn oh, it was that is hot yeah and i was just like <laughs> who is this blondie we're here for journey you know, like, i met a guy in sacramento once and he was like he goes yeah my first show was a bad religion open up for opening for operation ivy i was like whoa that's <laughs> a, shit that's a cool or, th- there's all those great punk ones where because they no one was making so all these bands you're like yeah it was black flag and you're like oh jesus yeah. <laughs> circle jerks and black flag you're like holy fuck my other favorite crazy one like talk about the punk was in 91 and it's i downloaded this audio from discord records fugazi played a show out at uh, Jawbone Canyon out in the middle of nowhere in a uh, desert. Whoa. Powered by a, a cube truck and a generator. They nice. borrowed everything and, and they played like a little show in dirt surrounded by like 50 people. Yeah. And Fugazi came and played this show and they had the, this audios on their, on their site. And I was there with Eddie Vedder and his girlfriend at the time, Beth. We drove out in the middle of nowhere, watched them play and it was like, like, it was God. Oh my God. That's how that whole desert rock scene started. Yeah. With generators and stages, exactly. or they would just play on like, like hillsides that were like makeshift, and they're like, this works. Pull up a bunch of cars, get generators, and we're just going to fucking think, rock and roll. And the, after they played, a bunch of bands played all night long until sunrise. Yeah. And I think the magazine was called Flipside. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember Flipside magazine. Yeah. yeah, I think that they would put them on, but we. To see Fugazi, like I, so many crazy shows. I got a million shows, like a million stories of that you'd see like that. You just make, oh my god, this is amazing, and like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. And I mean, I, it was amazing to sit there and see. And I mean, even now that there, I'm sure there's still amazing things happening. But and people will like tape it with their phone. It doesn't. Even when you're watching like someone's video of a thing, there is something. There's something about a well taken 
rock photo right. that tells it. It just tells you what it was like. You feel what it was like better than than even like a video because a video all the moments are being shoved at you at the same time. Right. There's a good rock photo shows you the moment as c- pretty damn close to what it was like. You're like, wait a minute, yeah. something fucking happened. There. I always say it's just more organic. There's yeah. something organic about it. Yeah. Have real. you been able to tell when you like took like as you're shooting something, you're like, whoa, I yeah. just got a fucking banger. Yeah. Really? A lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm just like, okay, that just happened and I got it. Yeah. Like the time I used, when I was documenting Jane's Addiction, there were the first Lollapalooza. I just wrote a blog post about this, about how the first Lollapalooza where Perry and, and Dave got in a fight on stage at the last song, like literally a fight, and then they walked Damn. off and fought off stage, and then they went back on for the encore and fought more. And being able to just sit there and see this <laughs> in the beginning, I was in shock and I wasn't taking pictures. But oh shit, gotta take pictures! Of this. Yeah, it's like getting those moments like that. But um, yeah, there's. I think after all these years, I know. Like I, I just know. Yeah, it's really weird. I always tell people I'm at the point now. I don't think about taking pictures. It's like I just, it just, I do. I just, it yeah. just, I can do it without thinking. No matter what, I always say, no matter what state of mind, it could be an eight ball. I can still take fucking great pictures. It could be fucking drugs. I'll do anything. I can still take great pictures. What um are there any? Who are, you, are there any like working now modern photographers that you geek on still that you love? Not. I don't really pay too much attention. No. Um, the photographers that I my heroes are Richard Avedon, mm-hmm. Irving Penn, David Bailey, are my heroes. They're like especially Avedon is a god to me. Um. And if you look at his work and then look at my work, you'll see who I <laughs> blatantly <laughs> stole. Direct influence. Right. Yeah, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. oh, really, Chris? Oh. <laughs> right. Um, and I always say I'm never shy about that. Uh, and then the modern photographers that I like are like Peter Lindbergh, mm-hmm. great fashion photographer. I love Mario Testino's, Testino's work. Right. Like guys like that. Um, but I don't. And then the other music, the only other music photographer I really like is Michael Levine because Michael's like he was in New York when I was in LA at the same time. Michael shot like mud honey album covers, which, wow. you know, we both shot mud honey, but like Michael's a great photographer. He's done all sorts of different things. He's been around and he's like the nicest guy. You know, I'm not, a, I don't really hang out with photographers in, or in the photography world. Never have. <laughs> Never have to get photographers together for like just a, a kind of an, an annoying, just an F stop party. where you guys talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Film no, stock. Just I would, get together and rap about Ilford. No, exactly. <laughs> no, I used to back those days. I would hang out with musicians mostly and yeah. writers and my friends. And we just go to shows all the time. It's interesting. Cause in art school, the photo kids were the cool ones. Really? Oh, yeah. God. Because like, Everyone else was just like covered in paint and dirty, and like the photo kids, a they slept. They couldn't. The lab closed at art center at like eight, so they all went and had lives and saw movies and shit. True, right. and they all dressed way better because they were like aware of fashion. Yeah, the rest of us were so poor, and they were like the only cute girls in art school were photo majors. That's true. Yeah, wow. it was just like a. They were like the cool kids. That's like I felt like getting to hang out. <laughs> Do you in think Paul class. Jasmine was cool? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. dude, I'm in his ho- Hollywood cowboy book, and it's yeah, still no. the best. It's one of the coolest things I've e- ever to happen to me. Yeah, that dude was. The sh- you could tell you're like oh you're so cool yeah. like I remember the, our, the head of our department was like I was like oh I get $35 to go shoot for, with Jazz he's like oh tell Jazz I say hi because <laughs> he was like no Jazz Jazz is also in this book called Height of Fashion and there's a picture of Paul Jasmine it's got to be early 70s and he's dressed like like Robin Hood, he's got like high <laughs> fringed boots and he's really? like in New York and you're like, oh, you were living it at this time. Yeah. Like that was his day to day outfit. He, 
could go on and on. He, I went to his photo show and it was tons of fucking famous people. Yeah. They were just all like, Jazzy, you're like worshipping him. There's not a person on this planet that could say anything bad about him. No, he's the nicest dude. Yeah, everybody loves Paul Jasmine. Every, through, in the last 35 years, if I mention Paul Jasmine's name, everybody just goes, oh. No, he just came up to me in the yeah. hallway once and was like, like what are you he, doing he was, Saturday? He was a huge influence <laughs> on my life. And I would see him. And probably the last time I saw him was 20 years ago. Ran into him like at a, at a lab somewhere or something. Right. And he just says, you know, Cavaro, how's it hanging? And yeah. I'm like, good. And he'd be like, it sucks out there. I'm like, yeah, Paul, it does suck. It's all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, but let's go out and keep going. You know? Yeah. Like, it was like that, like the kind of attitude I think I have, which is I always say I'm an optimist. I'm yeah. positive that life sucks. <laughs> He was like the same way. I think it's just he's a process oriented dude, and you seem the same way. It's like if getting to do that as a job on lots of levels is exciting and a gift, and very lucky. And again, you have the shots and you have the stories, and like, yeah, some guy. It's like, you know how boring it is to probably talk to a guy who has a fucking hedge fund? Like, yeah. the only thing interesting oh. about him is the money. Yeah, right. I, that's funny, too, because about 10 years ago, I met the, a billionaire lawyer down in Dallas, like billionaire, and he says to me, oh, I wish I could have your life. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 dude, you know what? You could buy it. Like, yeah. honestly, you can <laughs> afford real. it, and I'm not that expensive. You I just sold all my records to Eddie Vedder for three grand. Like, yeah, you can like, have you can my have, whole yeah. life I'm for, like... about five grand. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Well, that's why rich people buy art. They yeah. want to hang out. Oh, they... I, I say it all the time. It's like, most of them are just label horrors. They just want to be able to say, have a conversation with you at a party and say, yeah, I have a Warhol, or I have a yeah. Lichtenstein, or yeah. I have a Pollock. They, they don't even understand the history of art. No. They just want to be able to say that they have something. Yeah. No, they want to buy it so they get to meet the person. They, yeah, they say they know them. They use their money for something interesting as yeah. opposed to like a Ferrari or a yeah. giant Oh, they house. have that too. They got 10 of those. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, bored. They buy art when they're bored with that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's the, that's one of the reasons why I'm going taking my show down to Dallas. I hope they want to have one of mine. <laughs> so so yeah. what impresses you like now? Because you've been doing this so long and you've seen every fucking thing ever. <laughs> and it's you've been, hard to say, actually. I think the things... Because I'm so focused on my greatest hits right now that mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of focused on on kind of it, plus I'm in my midlife crisis. So I'm kind of like focused on like, oh, this the work that I'm doing, the work that I've done, reliving the past. I have to constantly do my own research on my own documentary about myself, right. which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like I told you how like I figured out the exact date I did drugs for the first time. Right. And I was with and I got pictures to prove it and kind of a weird thing. Like so I've been doing all this research um, and Focused on that whole project. That's everything to me because I really, yeah. my goal is to take this thing around the world. I want people to see the art. I want people to enjoy it. I want people, that's why I call it a celebration. I want people to celebrate yeah. music. It's not like, oh, this, I, I always tell people, it's not going to be some ex- exhibit where you go and the pictures are on the wall and you walk, you get, I give you a cup of red wine and you get to go, oh, Chris, this is really good. Congratulations. Yeah. And you want to leave because the music's bad. I go, no, 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 no. I want Prince gigantic wall size of Iggy Pop. You know, in your face. I want live music. I'm tra- I'm trying to get Jane's Addiction to play. I want bands. I want music. I want everybody to just have the best fucking time and walk. Yeah. I, keep I want everybody to walk out just going, "Fuck, that was amazing." Yeah. And, and any exhibition you go to for the rest of your life, you're gonna go. You could be your best friend going, "Yeah, that's a really good show," but it wasn't good yeah. as Chris's. You never band. Yeah. Like Chris, really? Eh, I want to set yeah, the mark yeah. so high that people can't. That's why I've I haven't had an exhibition since '92. And the reason is because I just I want to do it big. Yeah, another yeah. like show with stuff on the wall. It's like you've not. And yeah. now's the time for that kind of thing. Yeah. Like the, the '90s are are 
coming back in a nostalgic way and like yep. all those I mean a lot of those big artists are kind of still around but like we're starting to lose all those legends from the generation prior so like an appreciation event you know for that for that kind of music would be like really really this good is the, to do uh, now you know I, I don't shouldn't say this but I'm going to but this whole project is my morbid way of saying thank you yeah and saying I've had the best fucking life I, I always say I have had the best fucking life that I, of anybody I know yeah. Uh, I've done what I've loved for 45 years and I hope to do it for another 45. But in the meantime, I'm doing what I love. And I always say to everybody, I just want to be able to say thank you to everybody and say, Hey, thanks. You guys got me here. You helped me with all this. Yeah. But I dare you guys to, you know, come close to this. I mean, I, I don't know people. I was, my joke for the whole project is, and, and all my meetings, you guys know my pictures, but you don't know it to me. I'd like to try to change that. Yeah. yeah. I'd like people to know that, that George Michael faith picture that is iconic. That was me. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. That Morrissey one too. I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, a million times yeah. over the years. And then when I finally, I looked through it again, I'm like, wait, you fucking shot this. Yeah. And I've then seen like, that photo. The Pearl Jam photos or the Nirvana. Oh yeah. Part of Nevermind. It's like all this stuff. Like I just want people to know it's me and I want to say thank you and yeah. I want to have a good time. And I want to keep doing this and hopefully, you know, get people fired up about music again. Yeah. And I I think there is like, I think people want to be more fired up. I think this like things coming and going so fast and everything being immediate has started to wear on even, even like young people a little yeah. bit. Where they're like, there's more out here. And I know there is. And there's cool shit. And let's get into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I, I don't know if you guys go to shows. I hardly ever go to shows. I don't even think I went to, I don't even think I saw one band play last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the year before that, I probably saw two. But I remember the last one I went to was my really good friends and my favorite band today is a band called Hey Violet. And I went to go see them play. And I just remember how much fun they were having on stage. Yeah. And I told them, keep that going. Yeah. Because if you keep that going and make it fun for you, everybody else will get off of that vibe yeah. and they'll be falling. Because I remember it used to be fun. I yeah. used to go to everything <laughs> in this town. I mean, everything, I, you know, every show that came through town, every band, you just didn't miss, you know, and I want to, I want to go back to having that fun. Was it fun because of like, it was rock and roll was very much like a party drug kind of scene then, or was it fun because they were just having fun? Just that energy of enjoying what you do. I'm sure when yeah. you're on stage, you really, if you stop for a second, if you can stop for a second and just go, wow, I'm doing what I love. Yeah. It's like, and I tell bands through the years, I would tell bands that all the time to stop for a minute. Look out in the audience and just go, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Take a step back. It's a thing that I used to do. Um, another dumb story. Eddie Vedder and I used to do this um, back in those days was whenever you're doing something really that is amazing that you really think is amazing, physically, stop for a second. Take, literally, take, literally take a step back. Look. Absorb. Be grateful. And then step forward. So, like, kind of step out of your scene and I've done that for years. Like in the middle of a great photo shoot, I'm hanging out with so-and-so or I'm shooting so-and-so. You, my assistants know about it, but they'll see me. Like literally, mm-hmm. I'll take physically take a step back. I did it on Thursday when you were there. I'll take a step back and kind of just go, all right, thank you. Yeah. And then I step back in and go, all right, get back to work. You yeah, just I have think- to stay, take that moment. So I tell people to do that all the time. I guess you forget to do that, I guess, sometimes because you're like busy or you're yeah. stressed out or you're just trying to make it right. And then you take a moment and go, this is... A- fucking my job i yeah. get to do this this is fun it, i'm a fan me, of the person i'm shooting this is a great existence and it's, right for now. me it's never been a job i always tell people i'm not it's not a job it's not yeah. a career it's my life yeah it's just it's life you I just started doing else. what you loved early on and it started yeah working and making you money it's, like that's such a it's just just a rare thing the joke to me is always i always say it, it's easier to be a heroin addict than to be 
a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably. That's what yeah. I think anyways. And I didn't even go to school for it. I probably, who knows if I did, what happened, what happened. I don't know. But I think what happens, is, especially with music, I think, when's the last shows you guys went to? Like, you went recently. You go still. Yeah, I still go to. You go, you go a lot of shows. Regularly. Not, not as, as many as I used to, but I still try and, like, see anywhere from, I don't know, 10, 20 shows. Last one I went to was Built to Spill, what, five months ago? Something mm-hmm. like that? Which was mind-blowing. Do you guys like any new bands? I have to ask a question here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me a new band you like. Um, Let's see. Leon Bridges. Do you know who that is? He's like a southern, uh, like, modern soul guy. Um, Coming Home is the name of his his album. It's really good if you like that. I mean, it sounds like you're listening to to a dude sing, like, soul music in, like, the 70s. Like, he's very talented, super stylish, like, cool-looking dude. Uh, And the music's really, really awesome. I'll look it up. Yeah, I mean, I and love the Alabama Shakes. Alabama Shakes are they're really not like good. super new, but I like them. I think they're great. I know who that yeah, is. say again, like soul. Sounding. You should have seen last week. I get the call from the re- this record label, Interscope. My friend over there, I she wants me to shoot this rapper, and I felt so bad. She goes, "I need you to shoot this rapper. His name is um, Cause." I said, "Okay," and then she's like, "Yeah, he's on J Cole's label." I'm like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like I will I believe you know, that that's a label. I don't even know who these people are, so I immediately call one of my girls and I say, "So you're young? Tell me who these people are." Right? And she's like giving an education on who's hitting hip hop today. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so old." Yeah, yeah. it was like really bad. Yeah, I try and like still stay. My on favorite top band right now is new. Hey Violet, though. I think they're amazing. They really are amazing. They're getting better with everything. <clears throat> what kind of music is it? It's like um, you know rock, pop kind of a thing. Okay. But, uh, it's three girls and a guy. They used to be called Cherry Bomb. Okay, um, but they're called Hey Violet, and their last EP they put out like every song is amazing. They remind me of a little bit harder, but not so um, Go Go's like early oh, okay. raw Go Go's, yeah, yeah, like the Muffs. Are they LA yeah. based? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and, and they have music like on you can find it on, oh, like, totally. iTunes, on iTunes. All totally. that stuff. They're okay. amazing. Their fan base is just growing. Like ever nice. since I met them, what two years ago, and they're like. It's literally this. Everything they do is sweet. Uh, just go up, up, up. And if you haven't, I'm sure you'll see them soon. But I listen to, like, these days, my favorite is them, Dion Word. Um, Dion Word's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I think Yolande is amazing. Um, and I love Damien Rice because he can make you cry no matter what he sings. Yeah, he hasn't had an album out in a while. And the one he did put out, it was a long time before the one before yeah. that. But he was really good. Yeah. He just. Guy sings like it's yeah. scary. Like, oh, and nine are like yeah. great albums. Totally great albums. Yeah, just there's songs on there where you're like, oh, my day's over. I'm too depressed. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go anywhere. Now. I would say it's the perfect. If you're depressed, put that on because you'll really get depressed. Yeah. Might as well go all the way. Yeah. You know? I used to do that with Jeff Buckley, too. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm super bummed out about this girl. And then I put that on. I'm like, you get it, Buckley. <laughs> but then you drowned in a river. So that's even sadder. And then you get more upset after that. <laughs> I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of newer. Like, I'm trying to think. I have to look it up because I cannot remember the, the name of the band. What's the artist you'd want to see in their prime? That you- Iggy Pop. Really? Bowie. More than Freddie Mercury? Yeah, Queen. I. Uh, I mean, maybe I just like punk more, but yeah, I, Freddie Mercury, Iggy Pop. Fuck. I always tell you, you got to watch. I always tell Queen. I liked Queen a little bit until then in 1985 when they played Live Aid. Yeah. Was, the whole show is on YouTube. It And I was watching it on a little TV. It changed my life. I was like, yeah. oh my God. I mean, hen, like they stole all of Live Aid. Hen, they, like Richie Havens at Woodstock. Yeah. I mean that like being, if you were like, now, I wouldn't want to be on the stage. I want to be in the crowd enough 
to like see how that felt. Yeah. When he's just fucking tearing, he's just singing "Freedom," and you're like, "This is yeah. some some serious every, happening." Every artist I ever talked to that played at Woodstock all says it was it was like horrible. Yeah, it seemed the process seemed horrific. Yeah. The whole thing was like, yeah. I think it's just the me- I mean, what what it represented for music yeah. and the memories of it. We look back and go, whoa. And then they were probably like, the sound wasn't great. It was they fucking all, hot and dirty. The yeah, fans were all hot. They you know? say that Monterey Pop out of all those festivals was the best one, yeah. right? And that Altamont was like the end of it all because yeah, Pell's Angels, yeah, be. yeah, it destroyed everything. <laughs> uh, Jason Isbell, have you ever heard of that guy? No, that guy you should check out. He used to be in Drive By Truckers, which is like a country rock band or whatever. God. that's still around. But then he went solo. He's kind of like a country artist but not like old school and not corny modern country like he's a real legitimate singer songwriter with like lyrics where you're like oh man so what's your guilty pleasure um taylor swift probably (laughs) but i legitimately think she's i mean she's talented and her new album is legitimately good so it's hard for me to around town oh yeah ryan adams (laughs) you know ryan adams is right so he did a cover album of her last album and that's amazing. Like, if wow. you like Ryan Adams, you'll like his cover album because it didn't sound like so he the did Taylor the whole Swift. album, the entire album. That's and he funny. reimagined every song. Like some of them are like sad and heartfelt when they're on her version, or like poppy and, oh and bright God. and upkeep. That's a funny thing to do. It's it's fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> I remember like what's his name, Beck. Yeah, he had that little pseudo web show where he used to take albums mm-hmm. and do them over. He did the In Excess Kick album, the whole album. Really? Over. Yeah. Well, really amazing. That. I'm sure if you look it up on YouTube. Yeah, I will have to do that. Wow. Yeah. Who's your guilty pleasure? Come on. Uh, Rusted Root. Who? I've only heard one or two songs. Send Me On My Way song. Uh. Send Me On My Way. On My Way. Like Southwest Airlines. I fucking love that song. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that song. I don't okay. love it ironically. I love it sincerely. What's your guilty pleasure? Huh? Your guilty pleasure. I love Kylie Minogue. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just so that's like, a, yeah, that would be that, like a Taylor that Swift. That first American sort of. hit was a good song. <laughs> There's a great, uh, when she played SNL, the guy who played the uh, Ian McClellan was the host. Uh-huh. And He's, you know, famously an incredibly gay man. And he, you know, Kylie Minogue is huge with the gay community. She's playing, as opposed to going backstage and getting ready for the next sketch, he introduces her and just sits on the side of the stage and just grooves. Like, no, no, (laughs) I'm watching Kylie Minogue. Your little show can go fuck itself. Right. um, My ex-girlfriend got me into her. I just totally think, like, for pop music, I was like, yeah, Kylie, you're going to do it. Um, that's the way to do it, you know. Um, but my new favorite artist right now, I have these two bands. Well, it's a band, producers called Rudimental uh-huh. out of UK. They're amazing. They're fucking brilliant. And then there's a singer that sings with them, and her name's Anne Marie. She is going to be the next thing. Really? Trust me. Six months from now, you're going to be going, Chris, you told gotta, us first. I got to write this down. What's yeah, she's amazing. She has a couple singles out right now that are just amazing. Just brilliant. And uh, Rudimental is like these It's these handful of producers And they've been in UK And they produce all these They've had so many hits From Sweden? That, no, London Oh, okay They used yeah. to all come out of Sweden Yeah Rudimental And then her name is Anne Marie A-N-N-E dash Marie Got it Word I'm on it <laughs> Exactly um, He's iTunes Download but her videos are good too. All their videos are good. Everything they those people do are really good. I yeah. actually emailed them, offering them free photo shoots if they ever came into town. Sweet. Yeah, hoping that they'll answer. Like, oh please. I'm. I always laugh. Like in the old days, I would just call the manager, and this would happen. Now right. I have to, like beg for it. Yeah. Oh. 
So frustrating. So crazy. So when is this documentary? Do you expect? Uh, do you expect like a uh, completion date? And then the, my goal is to finish it by the end of the year, okay. so that I can get it in festivals for next year, the following year for twenty seventeen. For twenty seventeen, okay. Because I do want to get it in festivals. I, the, you know, we have a long ways to go. We got. I mean, I have to. I, my goal is to shoot like a hundred interviews at yeah. least, because mm-hmm. around the world. Because I also want to take. You know how I was asking you all these questions. I want to, like, at the exhibition itself, I want to be able to have cameras and interview people who are there. Yeah. And then I want to go, like, one of my fantasies is to kind of go to Amoeba Records and then just interview strange people. Yeah. Like, show them the pictures and what are the, what's your reactions off of these pictures and get people's just reactions That's off the photos. That's a good one, yeah. And I want to just, and I do that around the world. Like, if I, I always say, to, like, I'm having the show in Sydney at the end of the year, like, Love to be able to do it there with Sydney and then see how the, those people react to it. Especially with the same photo in yeah. different parts of the world. Someone can go, wow, or go like, yeah, we never really cared for him. Yeah, well, here. that's what I'm saying. Like, I've oh. had that already. We've already, well, how many interviews? We've done like 20 interviews. Mm-hmm. And I, you were like going, who is this person? Where another person goes, oh, that's my favorite. Right, right. And the person goes, that's an amazing photo. And my best friend's going, this sucks. Like, really, Chris? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, that's actually what I like. That's why I was tell, told you, like, just be honest. I, if you don't know, you don't know. That's oh, yeah. I don't expect everybody to know everybody. But I love that whole reaction of like, yeah, this is really amazing photo. And the person next, I'm going to cut right to there to, oh, this photo sucks. Everyone loved the Maynard James Keenan photo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think half. The other half were like... Cut the, the other half out. Yeah, the other half. They're not in the documentary. They're not in the documentary. The other half is going, who's he? Yeah, well, they yeah. can't be in your documentary. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm making but an it's, executive editing decision. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like funny. is like everybody... It, I just love people's reactions to anything. Like I always say to everyone, I can't wait to have this exhibition in my the way I see it in my head. And honestly, and you guys will be there and we'll all be laughing, but I'm just going to be more fascinated by watching people react to everything. Yeah. To me, like... You know, oh, you, yeah, you get to see it in person. I want to say, like, you'll standing in front of like this, you know, this six foot, ten foot tall picture of Iggy Pop, and you'll be standing there just going, Iggy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, like, you know, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and people can follow the progress on this. Let me go to the site uh, yeah. on. So your your regular My website, ra- all it, the all encompassing is uh, Kafarofoto yes. dot com, and then. Kafaro hits is the one for the documentary for the, for the project for the pro- okay and then they can what goes on there they can like see there's videos there there's the actual hundred photos that I chose for this project uh-huh. there's road stories I've been writing road stories okay um, I've been writing just trying to explain the greatest hits like I also tell the story about my first music video I directed which was Pearl Jam Jeremy so I tell the stories about trying to get because all this bullshit's been going around for years about oh this happened this happened like let me clear some things up yeah so I'm kind of using that site as the project where you can keep up to date on what's going on okay so. um, yeah there's a bunch oh yeah this is the one you sent me when you were like check out the clips um, before I went in okay yeah so Kafar has now as we're wrapping up let's get like, what, what do you want to plug and promote right now where do you want to send people right now to look at stuff outside of the the two main sites, both. But it's like uh-huh. the hits is the project. Kafaro hits is for the project. So okay. you can that's where we're updating everything that I'm doing on the project. Where the Kafaro photo, you get to see my entire career stuff, and then that I'm doing lots and lots of stories, lots yeah. of stories, everything about from postcard to laminate stories to stories about Jane's addiction to stories yeah. like. And then I do all this stuff about. I'm really into. I'm actually really into writing. 
and now I feel like I have something to write about. So I'm oh, like, a lot of oh, something. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I look at a picture and I kind of go, oh, yeah, I remember this. And I start thinking of the story behind it. Like, oh, let's tell that story. And I'll tell you guys, the listeners, this. I've, I've looked through the, the site a bunch. And there's like, if you're a music fan of, of music photography or just music, there's a lot of cool shit to look through here like for I, real there's photos you're gonna recognize and stories you're gonna read and the video clips on kafaro hits um are good of how of how the project's going so far it's it's a it's an exciting I'm, thing tell people this all the time if i have to toot my own horn for a minute is that i'm proud of what i've done because i'm not the guy who did one genre of music mm-hmm. i did covered it all yeah you know and oh, yeah. I, i'm proud of that we're like there's a lot of famous photographers out there for doing one thing or yeah. one band I got it all. And I always tell people, if you follow me on Instagram and Twitter or that shit, the stuff I post, I'm digging the vault right now. And it's, yeah. I'm putting out crazy stuff. I'll tweet some weird picture or Instagram some picture that I, people haven't even seen or didn't even know that I did. What's your Twitter handle so they can follow you? Kafaro Photo. Kafaro Photo. And that's and C-U-F-F-A-R-O. C-U-F-F-A-R-O. Right. Okay. Oh, shit. Same for Instagram. Oh, that was you moving the mic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, where did the sound go? <laughs> I thought everything went dead because I was looking down. Um, okay, so those are the sites. That's the Twitter. Uh, anything else? That's it. That's it. Okay. Sounds awesome, dude. I'm stoked to see all Oh, yeah. And we want you back on here when, yeah, this, when it's done. When this thing is ready to go, ready to launch with all the info, where it's going to be and all that stuff. And, and I just, I, I'm looking at some spaces here. I'm thinking you need to take something off the wall and put one of my prints up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have to sell one. I have to sell some stuff, so I have. I'm gonna have room. Yeah. I just gave uh, Daniel Knopf came over yesterday uh-huh. to record podcasting, and who is the creator of the TV show Carnival. Mm-hmm. And he walked. He was walking out, and he saw my picture in Nick Cave. He goes, "I want that picture in Nick Cave." I go, "It's yours." And he took, walked out with Nick Cave. I should have taken one when I was there. Because <laughs> you're like, ask. take one. You didn't I, ask. No, I, t- I was like, I, I want one of these. You're like, oh, you can. You're like, take a look at all the ones online and let me know which one. But now I'm like, I gotta act fast before the <laughs> other people take these amazing prints. Damn it, <laughs> um, dude! Thank you again for doing yeah, this. Yeah, man, Welcome. awesome. This was really great, and good luck with everything. And you are gonna be back when this project is ready to launch, and we're gonna talk about it in detail then. Until next time.